Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of No Funk It's Strictly Munkin', the only podcast where if we were in a department store and uh, the sign said in front of the bathroom, no funkin' beyond this point, we wouldn't have to drop anything off because all we do is munk. I'm your host, Jake Cruz, and joined as always by Andre Barrera. Andre, how are you? Jake, I'm good. I'm doing good. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, uh, excited to talk. A little monk, uh, monk action. Um, we're talking about Mr. Monk is up all night. Um, the ninth episode of season six. Now, um, you know, uh, what did you expect with this episode? Just given, because the, the, the title of it doesn't actually give that much away. Uh, yeah, no, I was thinking, um, I, I just thought there would be like some sort of like stakeout kind of thing going mm-hmm. on, maybe like stakeout episode. Um, and I was going to say I can relate a lot, not to stakeouts, but to being up all night. But truthfully, I, I just can't. I'm, I'm done by like, what, 1230, Max? Yeah, I'm a very, I'm a, I'm a night owl by nature. But the longest. What time do you wake I, up at? Uh, honestly, on work days, since I work from home and I start at nine, I usually wake up at like 845. Um, How about on the weekend? On the weekend, I don't even want to talk about it. It's it's like it's not it's not cute it, how late I sleep. It's uh, uh, not good. Um, you de- always past noon. I'll say that. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. I never. It, if I have nothing to do, you will never catch me awake before noon on a weekend. And I just that's the way I've been forever. But anyway, but because of that, I've never actually even though I stay up really late all the time, I never really have been awake for that long in a row. Because like even like when I was in high school and I would stay up till five o'clock in the morning every day during the summer, I was sleeping until like two. So it's not I wasn't really I was up for like a kind of normal amount of time, you know. Um, and your so, parents never gave a shit about you waking they up. They didn't two? like it, but you know at a certain point. Um, yeah, they tried, and I think they eventually just gave up because, you know, um, it also was, like, if it was, especially if it was, like, during the summer and we had nothing to do, like, the, uh, they, like, my dad, for example, would a lot of times try to, like, just, like, wake me up at, like, 10 and be like, you're gonna be awake, but then at a certain point, it became, like, tedious and he's just like, honestly, I hate that you do this, but what am I gonna do, get you up just so you can sit on your computer now instead of, you know, late at night, so yeah. it was whatever. Um, yeah, I, yeah, there's nothing they could do about it, unfortunately. But my point being, I've only stayed up over 24 hours, I think, like, two or three times when I was doing Relay for Life in high school. But other than that, I usually, uh, I, um, I've never, I've never gone to the point where I've been so tired I hallucinated. Okay, fair. Have um, you? Yeah, no, I, I think the long, I've, I've been up for, like, 24 hours straight. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was strictly, like, a, like, I'm flying to Europe. Uh, and then I'm awake for like 12 hours once I get there kind yeah. of deal. Yeah. Not really here. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the Relay for Life was the main reason I did in high school where it's like thing. I don't know if did you have that at your high school where it was um, basically Relay like, for Life? It's a cancer charity thing where um, it's uh, at a high school with the track. Basically, you walk around the track for – not you don't literally walk around the track for 24 hours, but as someone on your team does, is always walking uh, at each point and like you sell stuff there and the idea is you stay up. Uh, all night in the field in uh, in a field. Well, clearly a, my high school didn't give a shit about cancer. So yeah, I mean, it's, I, and that's not my. It, I, it's definitely not unique because I've been to multiple ones. Um, I've only <laughs> I've only been um, like a participant uh, twice, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, well, good on you. Uh, yeah, you know, we uh, I was with the mock trial team both times, um, and we sold cake pops one time. That was good. Um, but most of the time, it, it basically, once everyone, once the guests leave, after, like, midnight, it's just chilling, listening to music, drinking sodas, eating snacks, you know, for no, you know, it's 
you can't beat it. It's, it's by why the, by the way, nice. By the way, I love that you call them sodas. I don't know if that's a thing that you guys do there, but I want to give you an update. I definitely took that dialect uh, and it fucking nailed it, bro. I I I know. Insane. Um, but no, a sodas is. Um, I mean, what, what do you not call them sodas? What do you? No, we mean? call them sodas. I thought yeah. I figured for whatever no. reason the South would call them pop. The South was the. It's the South is interesting because obviously the Midwest is pop. And a lot of the South, like the the Deep South, like Mississippi and Alabama, they call all sodas Cokes. Um, uh-huh. But and then parts of Florida do that, but most of it does. Most of Florida says sodas. But like where I'm from, Florida, there are some people call it pop because basically the West Coast of Florida is mostly Midwestern transplants, whereas the East Coast is uh, Northeast transplants, right? So mm-hmm. I knew kids who called the pop, but where I'm from is was so heterogeneous in terms of the types of people who live there that like there there aren't. Like it's a, it's a mix of Midwest and South and Northeast type of stuff, but so does I think the default. Like, like I said, I've heard people call it pop, but I feel like unless you're in a place where everyone calls it pop, you can't call it pop because you sound like an idiot. You know? Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. It's uh, like people that call. I remember like in Tucson, people would call them because we'd have like bowls of uh, <clears throat> lollipops. Yeah. And people be like, "Oh, can I get a sucker?" I was like, "Cause technically speaking, actually, te- the thing is, the re- where that comes from is that technically speaking." It's not a lollipop unless it's like the flat round kind. That is that's actually the only thing that's a lollipop. What we commonly call a lollipop is technically a sucker. Like a dum dum or a blow pop, those aren't lollipops technically. Now I think that that's dumb because a sucker sounds gross, but it is the case. I love the riffing for five minutes on uh, region regional dialect. I honestly I love monk more than almost anything in the world. And something above that is probably dialects and different words. And my favorite yeah. thing on that uh, quiz, though, is that – well, there's two things that I use all the time. That um, Did you get to the question where it was, um, what do you call a store that you drive into and they give you beers and sodas? Uh, like, oh, we don't have those. No, exactly. That's what my answer was. But the other, it was the two choices are we don't have those or a brew through. And it's like, why don't we all have brew throughs? I love um, that. Yeah, and then the true. other one was, I think it's somewhere in the South, people say, call sun. I call them sun showers. I don't know if you had a term for those, where it rains mm-hmm. when it's sunny out. That's a, a sun shower, what we call it. <laughs> yeah, we don't out. have those. Really. But in places in the South, they call it, the devil is beating his wife, which, Jeez. no idea what that means. Anyway, oh, we'll start off right. with a barbershop. Um, yeah. Monk's getting a haircut. I think you and I both <clears> could use a haircut. Although I like your flowing locks, I definitely could use a haircut right now. Um, for sure um yeah he got his ears lowered um and you know he's got a common thing that you get when you have beards and like you trim them like i do um you just like you fuck up the side rims and you just like keep like trying to even them out and it's such a bitch honestly it's the thing i hate the most yeah i yeah basically i never try to get my I, i never let my beard get long enough where i have trouble differentiating the sideburns from uh the beard because that just would be a problem see you yeah, you're connecting. Andre's showing me that his beard's connecting, and you know he's he's proud of himself. I can tell. Um, Took a while. And but Monk is mad. He's like the sideburns aren't even. I should have waited for Sebastian, but unfortunately he can't go back inside because the barber said that he called the police. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he what? I'm sorry. The barber said he called the police. If Monk came back inside, did you miss that? I missed that completely. Yeah, Natalie's like, no, no, no Monk, you can't, call, you can't go back inside. He said he called the police. Um, uh, so okay. Monk is unbalanced, and, he, and he's, uh, Natalie gives a suggestion that he put his tongue in one side of his mouth so he'd rebalance himself. Um, yeah, and it seems to work. Mm-hmm. But as it's happening, he bumps into a woman, um, and you know it's important because she gets a one, she gets a close-up. 
Um, yeah, and it's like a pretty long little close-up too, yes. like slow motion kind of deal. Yeah. It's like, all right, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, she passes by and she's like walking down the street and he gets this strange urge to, I guess, run her down. And mm-hmm. I don't know what he was yeah. going to say to her. Yeah, I know. Um, and so Monk's running after her, but he ends up losing her because he's pretty far behind and he gets like car Almost hit by a car. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Natalie's like, why were you chasing her? And he's like, I've never seen her before. And they, then we go to the theme song. Um, mm-hmm. And now I'm really curious. What did you like? Did you, could you make any sense of what was going on at that point? No, honestly, I didn't. And <laughs> I kind of really fucking hate it, to be honest. I think it's like the corniest shit ever um, mm-hmm. in the end. Uh, but yeah, I had no idea. Zero clue. I think we're going to disagree on that because I'm not going to say that. <sighs> I'll say this. Wept is not a great word. I don't think I wept at the end of it. I, I, I every time I've ever seen this episode, I cried at the end every single time. Which I'm, you know, I, I'm a sap, and that's just the way I've always been. Um, but yeah, I no matter what, I'll always uh, true down bad simp. I mean, I hey, you know, if I can just exp- if I can express my emotions regularly and get that out of me, I don't know if I'm down bad. Now I'm down bad for other reasons, and I absolutely am a simp. There's no question about that. But anyway, we get to Kroger's. And uh, Kroger's like, so he's a Hispanic woman, like 40 to 45, um, you know, and he's trying to talk Monk through it. Yeah, you know, he's trying to tell him um, basically um, that maybe he, she reminded him of someone from like uh, an old case or, or, you know, and he's basically hasn't slept since that happened. Mm-hmm. It's been three days. Mm-hmm. Every time he closes his eyes, he sees her. Like we're just figuring out. We're trying to figure out why is this woman haunting him. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kroger thinks for whatever reason that maybe he just thinks she's attractive. Which mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever met Monk, but he's never met. He's never referred to anyone as being attractive except no. for Trudy. So exactly. Um, and you know, Doctor Kroger offers some mild sedatives, um, and then Monk says, "You know, has anyone ever died from insomnia?" And the answer is no. Now, if he asks, does anyone ever die in insomnia? As a result, or as a no. result of it? Yes. No, but also, has anyone died in insomnia? Yes. Al Pacino, Robin Williams, and Martin Donovan all die in the movie Insomnia. Um, spoilers. But um, oh, thank you. Uh, it's good. I mean, I like it. It's, it's you know. I, I think it's a great movie. It. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan. Um, but uh, and yeah, but Monk's like, so I would be the first, which is funny. Um, but yeah, I, I, no, you can't die from insomnia. I believe it, it's the re- same reason you can't die from holding your breath. Because you just at some point it. your body. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, no, yeah. Uh, if you if you try to hold your breath when you pass out, your body starts breathing automatically again. Right, um, and basically what we get from this scene is that Kroger's got no solution for Monk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Monk's very mad about it. But then he's doing right. what a lot of insomniacs do. He's up late watching Home Shopping Network, which is funny that like when they showed Natalie's house and you see on the clock that it's like twelve forty-seven. It's like damn, I don't. I honestly. That's what staying up is to them. <laughs> It's truly, I'm trying to think, I think I probably stayed up past 1247 for at least every day for the last month. Like, I, I just, I, I mean, but not because I'm a night owl, I, I've always been that way. So I usually, I used to stay up to like, on weeknights, I usually stay up to like 1.30ish, on weekends, 3ish, um, but yeah. I think uh, at this point, I, I, on weeknights, I don't make it past like 11 p.m.? It's weird. I just I just have a lot of energy, and I'm just I never really get tired. Like even when I end up going to bed, it's usually like because a lot of times during the week, especially, it's like okay, I have to go to sleep now, or else I'll be miserable tomorrow. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, so Monk calls into the Home Shopping Network, and is he looking to buy? He's looking to make a big purchase. 
No, he's uh, you know, he's been watching, and he's noticed that uh, I think it's a panda. It's a giraffe. Panda. Panda. panda? Yeah. A panda is like you know not aligned with the rest of uh, the other uh, porcelain figurines, so mm-hmm. he's asking the lady to please uh, fix the alignment of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know she's like you know pissed off about it, obviously. And I, I think he remarks on the giraffe like yeah, having a misshapen head asymmetri- or something. Asymmetrical head, yeah. And then so she hangs up on him, and uh, of course Monk, never being the type to let anything go, uh, calls back, and she basically instructs mm-hmm. the producer, "Don't let him on." Yeah, which is that's definitely not how it works. They definitely screen the calls before yeah. they get to uh, that point. Right. But anyway, and then Monk, he's trying to sleep. He lost count of sheep. His mind is racing faster every minute. No, um, he starts shining some eggs. He starts polishing some eggs. Yep, um, and reads a uh, book. You, yeah, well, he reads a book called the almost perfect murder he reads the first two pages and then cuts to the By end hi conrad yes who's a, the a writer i'm monk Good okay stuff. i was gonna say dude i've seen that name before so many times it's gotta be yeah okay mm-hmm. and he's a producer and writer i'm monk um yeah and so yeah this is when uh monk calls natalie and uh as he always does he wants her to come over yeah, you know, if this is a different show, I would be, like, making all kinds of jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, well, he doesn't. But Natalie does suggest, like, you know, uh, maybe you should take a walk or something. That always mm-hmm. seems to do the trick. Mm-hmm. So, sure enough, he actually takes her up on that advice. And <clears throat> he walks past one of my favorite movie theaters on Vermont, uh, The mm-hmm. Lost Feel is 3. Uh, yeah, this episode has a lot of bits where it's very clearly Los Angeles. <laughs> the Union Station. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, yeah, Westwood I mean, Village. Yeah. None of it looks like San Francisco. And, like, usually no. I'm not that astute of a viewer of it because I've never been to Los Angeles or San Francisco. But, like, it's even places where I've – I know I've seen it in movies before in Los Angeles. Um, yes. Anyway, so he's taking a walk. Um, he's heading south, and he's um, he's trying to fix some newspapers that are thrown out of the back of the truck. And the guy says, hey, Poindexter, unless you're looking on bio and them, keep it mitts off my bundles. Which is a great phrase. Love that. Yeah, um, and so while he's uh, you know arranging the papers, uh, this couple or is it is it is it the the people like that are involved in the crime that get dropped off? Okay, yeah, it's two random people that get dropped off behind him, and fortuitously, the lady that he saw on the street that he's been haunted by mm-hmm. is the taxi driver dropping them off, mm-hmm. and she stops by. What? what sorry, Andre. I don't know if you heard that sound in the background. What is that? What's going on in uh, some Los Angeles? Sounds like someone's doing donuts. Hold on. Okay. Um, this is. I'm just going to check see if someone's do- doing donuts. Um, this is very exciting. It's exciting audio. Um, if someone is doing donuts, then that's weird. I don't know if I've ever seen anyone do donuts outside of the context of a race. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I don't know what that was about. But uh, I didn't see. Him speaking of donuts and dialect, by the way, another one of my favorite pieces on that dialect map is I think in like wisconsin or somewhere like that they call doing donuts whipping shitties which is very funny <laughs> i love that <laughs> yeah so okay. like and like phrases like that a lot especially the devil's beating his wife is a thing that me and my older brother will, will we, because of that quiz we exclusively refer to a sun shower as that if we're around each other it's just because why not it's funny um but yeah so it's the same woman and um you know in monks trying to chase down the taxi which is even harder than chasing down a person on their own two feet right um so yeah, he starts trying to chase chase her down, um, and 
he loses her again. Um, is this the same point where like another taxi because he's calling out taxi? Yeah, yeah another yeah, taxi yeah. driver yes. stops by yeah. and he's like, "You need a taxi." He's like, "No, not you," or something. Yeah, and um, the guy gets all pissed. Yeah, and so he's going down an alleyway to try to cut her off. He can't, but then he overhears some talking, and uh, there's clearly a drug deal going down because one guy's accusing another guy of being a cop. Right. Um, yeah. Exactly. Um, and so he looks inside, and he's, yeah, he sees a guy holding a cop cat, a cop badge threatening some guys, and so then a fight kind of breaks out, mm-hmm. and uh, Monk, I forgot what he does or something, but he somehow gets his eyes off of what's going on. Yeah, and- he's like, he, he's listening in to try to hear what's going on more, and then he hears a gunshot, and then he see, goes back to the window and sees more gunshots. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, and so it appears that the cop guy is dead now mm-hmm. and the other two are like you know freaking out because apparently they killed a cop well i mean um, the one the guy who's like the drug dealer like the, li- the liaison is yes. not freaking out that much but basically the, the the regular dude a bald guy played by character actor jp manu who i only recognize because he has the distinction of this is one of the dumbest facts i know at that my head but um he was in an episode, in an early episode of How I Met Your Mother, back when I still watched that show, where he played a guy that they, like, invited into their limo because they thought he was Moby. Um, and then they found out it's not mm. Moby, he's just a random guy. But then also on Community, he played a, he played a guy who replaced the Dean as, like, a doppelganger. But the re- Yeah, he looks just like him. No, but listen, but the reason they found him is because he was at a party playing a lookalikes party where he was a lookalike of... Moby, which means that he is an actor who has played a guy who just looks a lot like Moby on two different sitcoms. I mean, that's a hell of a a hell of a, of a imagine, slant to take. Imagine being like 1998, and you, this guy definitely sees Moby at some point. He's like, yeah, I guess I kind of look like that guy. And then getting two different TV jobs just because of that. Anyway, he's freaking out because he said he was just looking to get some coke for the weekend. And I mean, who can't relate? Um... I mean, hey. that's another way you're going to be staying up all night. Ew! Exactly, man. Exactly. Maybe Monk should have just, you know, embraced it and did a couple uh, key bumps. Um, yeah. And, uh... Yeah, yeah he's going to be funkin'. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's the first episode of Monk Funks. Um, and so Monk hides, you know, as the guys run away, and then we cut to the cops are there. And, uh, immediately you get the vibe, one, because Stott and Disher are, like, you know, dressed down in Disher's pajamas. But you get the vibe that something's off. Yeah, you know, um, Stott, you know, goes up to Monk, and it doesn't look like Monk has too many details, or it seems to be. Um, Mm -hmm. All he knows is that he witnessed whatever he saw, and they took off in a blue Buick. Mm -hmm. So they're wondering, so Monk, you know, at the end of this whole little thing, basically wonders, like, where, um, where's the the dead cop? Like, what's going on? Like, Well, because they go inside, and it looks like nothing at all happened. The the room is completely clean. Um, Yeah. It's important to note, too, that Stoddmeyer, he's dealing with allergies, so he needs to grab a napkin from the crime scene, from the rest, this restaurant, basically the back room of a restaurant, um, and, uh, you know, it's, everything's perfectly in order, and it's very clear that they think it's just because Monk hasn't slept that he hallucinated this whole thing. Right, and so, yeah, Stodd even did, like, his, his homework, and they checked in, and there were no missing cops accounted for, um, mm-hmm. Not only that, but there was a woman inside, a waitress, that apparently was cleaning for an inspection that was to occur pretty yeah. soon. Um, and she didn't see or hear anything at all. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, something is afoot. Yeah, and so um, there's no shell casings, no blood. But Monk does think he found a shell casing in a pot of water. But it turns out it's just a money clip that, belonged, that says JP on it that apparently we 
Zena, the waitress, says uh, it belonged to one of the cooks named Jeremy Peters. Now we, of course, know this isn't true later, but, you know, he's, Monk is, he's, he's, it's, he's one of the situations where Monk is being doubted, um, and they think yep. he's crazy. Yeah, that appears to be that. <clears throat> and so we, uh, you know, we cut to the outside and basically we're going over what's going on and Stott diagnoses him with having waking dreams and mm-hmm. Disher mentions that he uh, he heard Monk on the Shoppers Network. Uh, because but no, no, no. Up- he did, yeah, he didn't, start, he didn't stop there. He was looking for sports. Yeah, he was looking for sports, um, which, yeah, you know, Wink, fine. wink. <clears throat> and that's when we get some advice from Dr. Stottlemyre. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not take two and call me in the morning, but go to Pastor's Tavern on Pearl Street. Mm-hmm. Get one shot of single malt whiskey. Scotch. 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 Um, you know, and then there's like a, a fish tank there with one little fish. Watch it swim up and down, then go home and go to sleep. It works mm-hmm. for Stott every time. Honestly, that doesn't seem like a bad way to... Like, that feels like that's probably a good uh, way to go to sleep. Um, sure. As long as you're not the one getting in your car after that and driving home to go to true. sleep. That is true. Yeah, definitely take a ta- taxi cab. Um, yeah, maybe Maria Cordova pick you up. Exactly. Set you right. Um, and the thing is, of course, Monk doesn't drink, but he's going to try to make an exception. Um, and so he goes into the, uh, the bar, orders a bourbon neat, and, well, orders a bourbon, and the bartender says, you want that neat? And he says, yes, I want it neat. Um, I want it super neat. Yeah. And, and clearly, uh, he doesn't know what neat means, which is uh, neat. Yes. And then as this is going on, we get one of my favorite character actors, Donald Logue. Um, mm-hmm. I assume, I assume you're a big Donald Logue guy. Um, you know, um, growing up, uh, I was at the time I was a really big fan of Grounded for Life. Is that what it's called? I think so. Yeah, yeah. That well, that yeah, is yeah. the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like that show. Um, and yeah, I mean, I never watched Terriers, but I think it's like Sean Fantasy's like one of his favorite shows. Or no, Andy Greenwald. I saw. I watched a show that was on briefly that he was on. He was the leader. It was called Knights of Prosperity. I think it was like Sofia Vergara's like big break in the United States, where it was about a group of people who I think that they just they were. Um, they decided that they were gonna like rob, I think, Mick Jagger, and it was a comedy. Um, it was pretty good. But anyway, he's what was just it called again? Knights of Prosperity. Um, I never heard of it. Yeah, it was it was like a nine episode show, but I watched it. Anyway, he's okay. monologuing about bourbon, about bourbon makes a man feel the way he oughta, and then he does a classic, classic bar con, uh, where he bets these two kids a dollar that he can drink their glass of bourbon without touching the glass. You know, I want to say, even at that age, I was past the point of betting anything for a dollar. <laughs> like, yeah. it's really, like, it's a zero-sum game. Mm-hmm. Um, but sure enough, they agree to do it. And, you know, he kind of eyes it for a little bit, plays a little mind trick, or, like, some weirdo, like, looking at it. Mm-hmm. And then eventually just picks it up and slams it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guys, you know, tell him, like, hey, you lost a bet. It's a dollar. And he's like, sure, here's a dollar. And then the bartender charges him $8 for the drink. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a classic. It's a classic uh, bar con. Um, I, I, I want to do that as soon as what? bars open or like fully. I, like, I yeah. want to do it. I mean, it is a good con. Um, the problem is the thing with that though is you have to slam a whole thing of bourbon, which is like not that pleasurable. Um, That's fine. I could do it. I mean, I but could. Just, I guess. I guess what I'd say is that if I'm gonna have a glass of bourbon, I don't. I don't want to drink it that fast. I mean, I guess if I'm just trying to get fucked up. Um, but but if I do it, but if I do it, stay tuned for the next episode, Mr. Monk and the idiot who thought he could get away with a bar trick. Yeah, because exactly. I'm gonna get murdered. It, yeah, exactly. Like the the thing that uh, Goli, the character, has uh, the thing in his advantage is that he's bigger and older than them. Um, yes. But anyway, uh, 
goalie goes over to talk to Monk, and he t- says a fact that is not true, which is that goldfish have no memory, um, which is just a lie. I don't, I don't know where that came from. Um, but uh, anyway, Monk says that if goalie was in the tank with him, he could cheat him out of, out of all of his money because uh, he'd forget all of his scams, which is a good point. <clears throat> yeah, um, and so he, like, he kind of at the same time is, like, pinning Monk as, like, a straight-edge kind of dude because he's clearly not having a good time drinking, and he, like, starts to pull the con on him, right? Yeah. Well, he's first got, he says, because like, this is something that Monk goes back on, is that at this time of night, everyone's pulling a con. Big con, little con, you know? Which right. I do li- I like when criminals say stuff like that, where it's, like, it sounds, like, philosophical, but it's like, that's just not true. <laughs> like, no, you're just justifying yourself. <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. Um, but you know, he's got to lay the groundwork. Oh yeah. Um, for what's going, what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. So basically, he starts talking about how, or like you know, monks judging him for like conning other people and shit. Mm-hmm. And um, Gully tells him like, yeah, like I wouldn't waste my time with you. Like, um, I'd much rather pull or like do a different kind of thing that you wouldn't think I could do. Which like is, a sure thing. <clears throat> a sure thing. Which he bets monk basically fifty dollars that we he can tell where. Monk has his where he got where his he shoes? got his shoes. Yeah, have you have you, are you familiar with? The I con? still don't get how this works. I think oh, it's kind it's of a easy. bullshit. Well, it's it's. I mean, it's a semantic con. It, it is bullshit, but it's because like, where do you got your shoes? You got your shoes on your feet. Which I mean, I've heard that before. I've never seen anyone actually lose money over it, but um, certainly not fifty dollars. No, that's like yeah. I'm not gonna part fifty dollars because you pulled a semantic trick. Um, right. Also, the problem with it too is that like I feel like at least one in five times someone tries to attempt that, the uh, the person was like. Because Monk goes, he uses the exact same language where he says, you're going to tell me where I got my shoes. But, like, one in five times, someone will just naturally say, so you're going to tell me where I bought my shoes? You know what I mean? Right, like, exactly, the, exactly. The fact that Monk repeats it exactly the same way is a bit, stretches the imagination a little bit. But anyway, uh, he tells him that he got his shoes on his feet, and then he gets, he takes Monk's money. Yeah, he forks over the 50. And then we cut to, like, I guess, you know, they've been there for I don't know how long, but... Mm-hmm. Clearly enough time for Monk to have told him about Trudy. Um, they're looking at her driver's license, and he's talking to Gully about her, and <clears throat> he's going over the whole situation. While, like, you know, Gully mentions that, like, and I guess this harkens to later on in the episode, but he's like, yeah, a woman, like, that beautiful, like, um, is great to look at, or what was it? It's like, beauty isn't everything, but uh, it does, it sure isn't great to look at. Um, yeah. And uh, we learn that Trudy was an organ donor, and that she was an angel, and then we learn... You know, Monk talks about how he can't sleep. And Gully, even though he is in the Gully, he, uh, he, gives a, he gives a good piece of information to Monk. Yeah, you know, he tells uh, Monk about, uh, you know, in his life of crime, um, he's, he knows a few things. And he knows this woman down at the train station named Essie, who knows every taxi driver in the city. So if he's going to find this mystery woman, that's going to be where he's going to start his search. Exactly. And so... Gully gives Monk a good piece of advice, which is, at this time of night, don't keep your wallet in your back pocket. You shouldn't do that for a couple reasons. One, it's easier to steal, and two, it's the co- like one of the main causes of back problems in men. Um, so don't sit on your wallet. Um, I don't right. know, do you sit on your wallet or no? No, I take it out when I'm in the car, and then when I'm at work, I like have it on the side. Oh, I just, I've, my wallet's always in my left pocket. I just realized I set myself up to being pickpocketed, but whatever. I don't have that much. I don't really carry cash. Um, and so... Uh, yeah, he t- he tells Monk put it in your inside pocket, and um, 
you know he put he get he takes the fifty dollar bill that he won from him. He yeah. puts it back in the wallet and mm-hmm. he you know stuffs it into Monk's front pocket of his yeah, jacket. It was in, yeah, his inside pocket of his jacket. Yeah, and uh, he tells him like, "Hey, man, like, or, like, well, he just tell he just does that basically." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and he's like, "Goalie, you're a good man," and he says, "Don't bet on it." And we then we see that of course he uh, stole his wallet. Um, it's great stuff. And replace, I mean, and replace it with a pack of cards. Well, we learn the cards then later, but yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I appreciate some good sleight of hand. Love good pickpocketing. Um, if it wasn't, like, you know, illegal, it would be fun to get good at. Um, although I have, like, the least precise hands in the world, so I don't know why I would even consider that. Um, I'm very spastic. I, I, I want to say I'm uniquely um, unpickpocketable. Um, I feel like anything anytime anyone touches me like i've never like been close to like having anything taken from me i think that you you, you just and have... i wear and i wear and i wear tight ass like tighter pants than usual so mm-hmm. like it's just really fucking hard yeah i mean I, like i said since i have my stuff in my front pocket it's pretty hard to pickpocket me um especially if i'm wearing shorts because i you know still dress like 2006 so i wore a lot of deep pocketed shorts and like i don't know how you could it's hard for me to get my wallet out of my shorts i don't know how you could get it uh, out but anyway um yeah he talks to essie and we learn that uh, maria cordova is not actually hispanic because she's from brazil um so she's latina she's latina exactly uh but she'll be back at the, at the station at 4 30 and that monk can wait inside the station um and uh just you know, until that happens yeah yeah, uh, I love that she's burning a heater while she's telling him this. Shots of shots of burning heaters. <laughs> yeah, um, and they're very clearly at LA Union Station where the Oscars took place not too long yep. ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. By the way, what were your thoughts on the Oscars? I mean, I liked I liked every movie. Obviously, the ending was horrible. Oh um, my god, that was it, brutal. And you know what the best thing too is? I was at an Oscar party, and I said, yeah. "Imagine Anthony Hopkins wins this." Um, because I, there would have been whispers about that because he also won the BAFTA. So, like, it wasn't completely unprecedented. And while, I'll say this, I wanted Chadwick Boseman to win because Chadwick Boseman died and he deserved that. However, 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 I think Anthony Hopkins' performance in The Father is better than Chadwick Boseman in Maury's Back Adam. I'm just going to say it. I, I think it was. I think it was very I need to see. I need to see. I, I haven't seen either of those two. I think those are the only two. No. I'll be that, frank. Maury's Back Bottom is just okay. I don't like it that much. It, um, it was okay. Wait, there was another movie I didn't see from the best movies. Well, Maurice Black Bottom wasn't nominated for best. Yeah, movie. no, 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 I know that. Um, but obviously, and now I'll say my favorite performance of the year was just not was not nominated at all, which was, of course Delroy Lindo and the Five Bloods. The fact that oh, he dude, is a I know joke. I, I just actually don't, don't even get it. I mean, I do get it because the movie was released in like May, and that's always too early to release an Oscar movie. Like, I don't know why Netflix did that, but um, hey, but gotcha. most most importantly, though, Mank got two wins anyway. Um, Hey, I and I picked both those wins in my Oscar poll, and the cinematography one was a surprise. But I'm like, no, I think that people want to get they get they get they like me. They got me. That's the fucking reason. That's the reason I didn't win this goddamn uh, one of the brackets cool. that I had with somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, I won mine. Um, I actually got a tiny Oscar statuette because I won. What did you get? What did you score? Uh, eighteen. I got eighteen also. Yeah. Viola Davis fucked me too. Oh, I didn't pick. I I I was between Franny McDee and Carrie Mulligan, and I went with Carrie Mulligan at the last second because I thought that I just thought that people that there was more support for Promising Young Woman than I thought, and I also thought that people kind of the thing that people latched onto with Nomadland was this, you know, cinematography. This well, like the direction and cinematography and all that. But you know, I'm hey, it's whatever. Anyway, yeah. 
anyway. so as he's waiting in the station, he turns around because the guy's snoring, and he sees none other than the cop, who then, I think a few years after this, went on to play an FBI agent in uh, The Mentalist, but that's not important. Um, he sees him. It's just not important. Yeah. But what, yeah, have, what have I ever said on this podcast that's important? Um, right, right, right. And, uh, he's, and the guy's and he, alive and well. Yeah, not only that, but he's, like, dumping some shit into the trash can from a bag, looking very suspicious doing so. Yeah. Yeah, if you're going to dump shit into a trash can, I... That's, that's don't like, do it in the fucking bad. lobby. Don't do it in the lobby. But more importantly than that, if you are going to do it in the lobby, don't look around. Just assume no one's looking. Like, why would anyone be looking at you? You know, because if you... Nothing is more suspicious than looking around <laughs> to see if people are looking at you. Right. Yeah. And right. so, um... We uh, cut to uh, the Stoudemire and Disher are there, and... Um, and Captain the, America, you mean? Yeah, sorry, yeah. And uh, we get... We'll get there. And, um, <laughs> uh, you know, the guy's really irritated, um, and obviously Stoudemire and Disher are also irritated. And this guy's like, I've never even been to the Bay Street Cafe. Um, and, you know, Monk is just he's slowly becoming a little more unhinged. Yes. Little by little. Um, and so, yeah, they're, like, pissed off because it doesn't look like anything happened. Obviously, William Lee claims that he doesn't know any of them mm-hmm. or he doesn't know what's going on. Clearly, he's alive. He was mm-hmm. just there because he was going to take a train to Portland mm-hmm. to see his cousin or some shit. His brother, but yeah. Um, his brother, no, yeah. It's not important. And, I don't know why I corrected you. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, but anyways, so, like, after that, we get we basically cut to some, some riffing and... Sotomayor was making fun of Disher's attire. Um, yes. I mean, clearly they were woken up in the middle of the night. Um, mm-hmm. You'd think you would put on something a little more, not necessarily, like, appropriate, but just not fucking pajamas. Yeah. Um, are you a pajamas guy? Because I personally don't wear pajamas, but that's just because I'm... I am not a pajama guy. I am um, just a t-shirt and... I'm yeah, like... I honestly, I don't even change. I which I, I probably should, but I it's just take the pants off and um, just get in bed. Um, anyway. Right. Uh, but he's wearing Captain America pajamas. He says that it's a Gen X thing. Um, which I just don't believe that at all. This feels weird. No, not at all. Um, but he's wearing a sick ass trench coat. I yeah, honestly, that. that is a dope trench coat. I should probably get. Into, I should buy a trench coat at some point, especially because in New York, when it rains, you need to wear a jacket because basically the um, it gets so windy in between buildings that you an, an umbrella will never actually help. Like using an umbrella in the rain in New York is like stupid. Um, and so I should get a big trench coat, you know, so I don't have to. Especially thing too that always happens is. What's, you know what's what? the difference between a trench coat and a duster? Honestly, I'm not sure. Um, but you know the thing that happens where if it's raining and you're wearing shorts, and this happened a lot in Florida because obviously I wouldn't it rains, know. It rains a lot when you're wearing shorts because uh, uh-huh. it rains during the summer when it's like 95 degrees out. Um, there's nothing worse than when that happens. And even if you have an umbrella, but you just like it doesn't cover like your ankles, so your, your top, your socks just get wet. Ugh, it's the worst. But a trench coat, you don't have that problem. Okay, a trench coat is usually tailored for a snugger fit, especially in the waist, and often features a belt, while a duster has a looser design and is often mm. worn unbuttoned. Ah, okay, so I'm going to get a trench coat. But anyway, uh, then Monk's like, Captain! And Stoudemire says, which one? Which is funny. And Monk is looking through the garbage, and he sees, um, like, basically cases for collector coins. Right. And apparently, for it's for, for all shout out to all my numismatist heads out there. Wow, shouts to numismatic, shouts to uh, what is it? Numismatics, I think. Um, because if Something I remember like correctly, the episode of Community where uh, the David Fincher parody, where it's the ass crack bandit, I believe is called Basic Intergluteal <laughs> Numismatics. Um, the ass crack bandit. You've never seen that? I've, have you ever seen Community? I always forget. 
No. No, I've watched like I watched like I think the first four episodes, and I'm just. Like, I mean, it Man. gets much better, but it's basically in season five they do a full Zodiac basically parody, um, oh. which is great, and uh, it's basically about a guy who, when people bend down, puts a coin in the butts. Um, great stuff. All right. Yeah, it's funny, and so they I'm got, sure. they're gonna go to this uh, coin shop, and Stammer says you're gonna take your invisible plane, um, <laughs> which you know obviously, and then Disher's like, no, that's Wonder Woman, duh. Um, I mean, it's not even right. the right brand, but whatever, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. We're we're uh, the the two podcasts are bleeding through right now. Uh, you know, it's I try to keep my MC University's hat off when I do this podcast, but it is what it is. I'm kidding. About I'm, I'm completely kidding. I could not care less that people don't know stuff about comic books because I don't even know anything about comic books. Um, so I can't wait till I can't wait till I finally get the invite and I just talk about Monk the whole time. Oh, that'd be great, man! If Tony Shalhoub is ever in a Marvel movie, man, you coming on? Um, oh hell yeah! I'm trying to think if anyone on Monk is yeah. No one, none of the main cast of Monk has ever been in. Uh, an MCU movie. Um, but Holt McElhaney has been in a DC movie. Holt McElhaney was in a DC movie. But did you, did, did you see the Snyder Cut, by the way? No, I did not. I'm his not character I don't think out. I'm going to watch No, that. don't watch it, but his character got cut out. <laughs> He's not in the Snyder Cut. Is the it better? Mo- is it better? Oh, it's much better. Yeah, yeah. because the, the original okay. Justice League is a fucking mess. Like, the Snyder Cut is like just a, is like just a eh, movie, but it definitely is better. I mean, I enjoyed watching it as a cultural artifact, which is such a pretentious thing to say, but just to, like, be able to have conversations about it, it was interesting. But anyway. Okay, what would, no, sorry, one last thing, one last sure. thing. What's the best DC movie? The best DC movie is, uh, In the your original opinion. Wonder Woman, probably. The, I think there are three good DC movies. There's, um, the original Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and, I love Aquaman. and Shazam. I think Shazam is probably my number Shazam two. Shazam is pretty good, yeah. Shazam is yeah. good. Um, but yeah, I, I, and Man of Steel is also not bad, but I'm not a huge fan of it. I think that it's, I hate that movie. Just Zack Snyder is just, I, even when he's at his best in Man of Steel is probably <clears throat> when he's at his best. I mean, the original Dawn of the but whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So they go to this coin shop and Monk sees a photo of the owner and he realizes it's the square who is trying to buy the Coke. And so they wake him up. Um, <clears throat> he lives in the back of his shop like a true yes. loser. Yeah. I mean. Hey, man, you gotta hustle. I mean, the coin business, you're not exactly affording a nice apartment in San Francisco. I'm sure you fucking can, actually, with a, with those kind of coins. Yeah. I also do love that when uh, Dish was like, I would like to go home, and uh, Steinman's like, yeah, go back to Gotham City. He's like, that's Batman. I live in New York. He lives in New York. <laughs> yeah. He's just a kid from Brooklyn. Um, right. And so they, he opens up the store, and... They mentioned the shooting, but he says he's been in bed since 10.30, you know? Right. Um, and then they ask him if he owns a gun, and yeah, he does, obviously. He, oh, yeah, he's, he's, got a, he's got a nice uh, cheddar baked biscuit. Which I just, yeah, okay, yes, he does. But also, I gotta say, I know where the neighborhood this is. It's right next to the Dresden. It's on um, Vermont, also. Mm-hmm. Uh, same place where this Lost Feelers 3 is. You definitely don't need a gun around there. No. But anyways, um, yeah. so he brings the gun out. And, um, wait, no, no, no. Wait, before that, right before that, or where... They see that there's a bunch of missing missing merchandise that he just sold. But then Stott takes the gun, he smells it, and he can tell it hasn't been fired, but that makes his allergies flare up again and he needs a tissue. And so he gets a tissue and wipes his nose. And, um, uh, Disher is asking about if a 1965 dime is worth anything, which is dumb. Like, freaking Ted Levine was alive in 1965. Like, I don't think that, uh... I think that's not valuable. But anyway, um, the this guy is kind of confused because 
they keep saying there may have been a shooting. He's like, what do you mean maybe be a shoot? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yeah, at the time I didn't pick up on it. But um, so, yeah, Sotomayor basically says everything that happened. Kind Yeah, of. like that. basically the main thing is that he's alive. Right. The, the, the alleged cop that was killed or whatever. So he's alive. And um, so that's basically it, right? They take off from there. Exactly. Uh, and then this is when he says that uh, Disher might – the coin might be worth a million dollars if he uses it to scratch off a lottery ticket. Right, which I don't think any lottery ticket gets you a million dollars, but – I might. Sure. I mean I think there's probably a scratch off that will give you a million dollars. I don't know. Lotteries are okay. a scam, but um, both for the people but, who play them and the yeah. source that run them. But, uh, but yeah. while, Monk, while, Monk, while this is all happening, Monk looks at the time and realizes, fuck, he's got to get back to the train station because it's right around that time that Maria or that Maria Cordova would have been yeah. back. Exactly. And he apparently just missed her. But then we cut back right. to the bar, um, going back to the bar like when they have those bar rescue episodes that they review old bars. That's what it's called, back to the bar. I don't know why I said that. Um, <laughs> it's true, but it, it's not important. Stom and Disher are there, and they meet Goalie. Um, Honestly, you really got you got to respect that Donald Lowe got like I think he got like special guest star billing, and he only is in one location. Like that's I mean he probably filmed for a day, you know? Yeah, love it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but so yeah, they show up at the bar, and our friend Gully decides he's gonna offer to pay for. Or I'm sorry, not Gully. Mister Monk mm-hmm. is gonna offer to pay for their drinks. Mm-hmm. To which Monk, uh, to which uh, Sotomayor says, you know, he kind of suspects that something's going yeah. on because he only knows one monk. And, and he just so happened him. to be at the same bar. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and so while this is happening, Monk is back at Union Station. He's waiting again. And <clears throat> there's some sort of commotion because a cop comes running down, down the, the, guard, the hallway. A yeah, security guard comes running down the hallway. Um, and all everyone kind of like gets up and starts... And go, goes follows the cop to, or the security guard to see what's going on, and you kind of get a glimpse from the top of the stairs that our man William Lee, who had survived an alleged shooting, is actually dead, and he's mm-hmm. shot. Yeah, and of course Monk doesn't believe him, so he starts trying to poke him with a broom, which is really rude. The man's dead. Um, yeah, and I, the, mean, I don't, I don't blame him um, in a way, but also like, come on. And the security guard is like, uh, he's been shot at least three times with a twenty-two caliber light bulb. Mm-hmm. And then we cut back to the bar, and goalie is just surprise, surprise. Randy Disher is very easy to scam. Yeah, he's crushing him at some sort of scam game. Mm-hmm. Um, and this gets basically no, no. Well, it's kind of happening at the same time as. Stott realizing this, right? Well, the monk calls Stottemeyer, and <laughs> right. Monk says he's oh, right. out. He's going to kill them all, Posner. And Monk is like, I'm very off-duty. I mean, so Stottemeyer says that. Um, and also, as a result of everything that's happened, he's not really going to believe Monk. Exactly. Um, and so, uh, you know, they ask for one more beer, and then Stott, I mean, Monk gets into a taxi, and he goes to pay with a wallet, but it's a deck of cards instead, which is very jokerified. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So, so he gets out. Mm-hmm. He gets out, and uh, he happens upon the man that told uh, called him a Poindexter earlier in the mm-hmm. episode. The the man who's uh, distributing newspapers, mm-hmm. and he asks him for a ride. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a police emergency. And he's like, "You're a cop," and he says, "No, oh, and I'm an ex cop. This is an ex police emergency." Yeah, and so as is happening, Gully, you know, uh, scams Randy with like he got a card, I guess, into the cherries behind the bar, which is unsanitary. Um, and Stahmeyer, uh, as this, at this moment, he pulls out a napkin that he got from uh, Posner, 
and he compares it to the napkin he got from the restaurant under the same napkin, which is interesting because Posner said he'd never been to that restaurant. Right. So. And then before hmm. they leave, he pulls out his badge and uh, he says, "Sorry, Mr. Monk, I'm gonna need to take that." Right. Takes and he wallet. takes the wallet. Because mm-hmm. yeah, he did Monk a solid there. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I wonder how much of his money he went through before this. Probably happened. a lot. A monk definitely won't notice though. Um, I, and then we cut to Monk on the newspaper truck. And I do love yep. that Monk gives the here's what happened to this random dude. <laughs> like, I right, really like right. that. And so he basically says that the first crime that Monk witnessed was a fake. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially, the drug liaison, the fake cop, uh, and the waitress lady were all in on it. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted to make it seem like it was a drug deal gone wrong and that they had to kill a cop. And the other guy, the drug liaison, was going to help them get away. Help uh posner get away with yeah what happened that night mm-hmm. by basically getting paid off with uh those rare coins. coins yeah right and so that would have been enough to like they would have made a ton of money off of that however and this is the unfortunate part as a result of stottlemyre and monk give mm-hmm. you know telling uh posner the details when they showed up at his yeah shop mm-hmm. as a result of that william lee is dead which is not lost on yeah. me yeah, by they, the way. yeah they kind of fucked up um you know it was probably a, so, yeah. a bad move. So, so yeah, that's why Posner looked super uncomfortable about everything that happened because he realized that he got fucking conned. So that's when he decided he was going to take his twenty two caliber gun and mm-hmm. take it out on William, and as a result, he's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's basically it, yeah. Yep. And so they go around the back of the restaurant, <coughs> and um, you see that Posner has uh, the waitress and the liaison at gunpoint. But Monk, ever the athlete, takes a news a bundle of newspaper and hits Posner in the head with it, causing him to drop his gun. And as the other two criminals are running away, who's there getting out of a cab but a very drunk Stahlmeyer? They try to run the other yeah. way. And who's standing there with a <laughs> trash can lit as a shield but Captain America? I mean, Randall Disher. Yeah, stops the two accomplices. Stah is fucked up. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, they're also- posted, I wrote. Right, and it just so happens that the taxi driver that brought Stottlemyre is none other than Maria Cordova. And so Monk is like, I've been looking for you all night, I don't know why. And then he sees a tattoo on her arm that says 12-14-97, which is the day that Trudy died. And Maria says... Oh, I thought that was the day that Oasis's uh, album came out um, (laughs) with... uh, No, that was... Wait, no, it was 96. Anyway... Uh, and Maria notes that this is the day she was reborn because she had an eye disease and she got a cornea transplant on that day because there's uh-huh. sort of Trudy's corneas in her eyes and that's are you, why. Are I'm you gonna cry? Are you gonna cry? I'm, gonna, right I'm, I'm, trying, I'm, I'm deeply. I'm trying very hard not to, especially because this didn't work on you, and it's embarrassing if I'm the only one that's emotional about it. But man, I don't know. I just, I don't know what it is. I think that I just love it. I think that this is a really nice moment, um, and uh, I think that. It's, I think it's nice, but the way that he holds her head, it like looks like he's gonna make out with her. I was like, see, All right, man. I think the thing is, I think that from the outside, I see why you see it that way. I think that, I think I'm just incredibly. It's very easy for me just to give myself over to being sincere about something. Like, and I'm not saying that like, oh, you're you're looking at this like too ironically. Like, no. Like, even if something's really cheesy, like really cheesy stuff works in me all the time because I just. I'm, very, I'm actually really good at just turning off any ironic parts of my brain. So, like, I just took it for what it is, and I thought it was really nice. And I, I think the thing that I like about it is how affecting it is to Maria. Because I think, like, Monk, it's like Monk is kind of overwhelmed. But I think that the fact that she gets emotional about it is what makes me emotional. Fine. Um, fine. 
But also, like, sure. honestly, it, I'm saying, I mean this. I don't have to justify my emotions to you. It works. I don't give a fuck. Um, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, and if it, I honestly, if you're a fan of the show, please explain. I actually want to know if it, if this does or doesn't work on you. Because I, like I said, I am easily manipulated, and there are plenty of bad movies I've cried at just because they play the right musical notes and something vaguely sad happens. So, like, it's not that, it's not hard at all to get me to cry at something. Okay. Yeah. Fine. So. Yeah, that's basically kind of it for that. Um, I at the end, you know, now Nat- I mean, okay, I wonder why Natalie wasn't in this episode at all. Well, Barely. because it's because it, she's asleep. I mean, I and also because like I think that it's about Monk. This all happens in one night. Yeah. So yeah, this is all this is a one nighter. Okay, that yeah. wasn't clear to me. Yeah, um, that it's you know it's about Monk being on his own, and uh, I actually like that. Even though I like their dynamic a lot, I like that it's kind of a. It feels a lot like a you know one of those all-in-one-night 80s movies. Yeah, yeah, like uh, After Hours. Yeah, exactly. One of my uh, favorites. Yes. Um, but anyway, Natalie enters the apartment, and wouldn't you know it, but Monk is, uh, he's snoozing. He's snoozing, clutching on uh, on Trudy's photo, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and scene. And scene. What did you give this upset out of 10? I actually gave it an 8 out of 10. I liked it I gave it an 8 as well. I think that it's it has a lot of fun elements. I like the fake crime thing. I think that that's a really cool conceit. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that there's just a, there's a lot of good character stuff. Um, a, a lot happens in it without, um, it's an episode that a lot happens to Monk personally, but it doesn't, because I feel like a lot of episodes that focus on Monk's personal life and stuff like that kind of mm-hmm. shortchange themselves in the crime, like the crime usually an afterthought, but I feel like this is a really cool crime. And even if the episode's mostly not about that, you know? Yeah, I think the thing that strikes me the most, and I don't know if it's just an evolution of the way I take notes, but basically this is one of the episodes that I had the least amount of notes on. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I don't know if the episode, well, we did a lot of riffing, and this won't be a short episode, but it's no. also, like, it was easy to talk about a lot of stuff on top of it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely, there's a lot going on, and I think it's a, like I said, it's a, and it's, it feels very genre-like. It's It kind of doesn't have the same feel as a regular Monk episode, because it's all in one night after the beginning bit. Um, right, yeah, so yeah, for sure. Um, but, you know, uh, we're going to completely, this very sentimental, sweet episode, we're going to completely do another 180 because what we're going to next, but we'll get to that after I tell you that uh, the show, you can follow us on Twitter at Strictly Monken, and we're going to be able to follow you. You can follow me at Andre Barrera. And you can follow me on Twitter at the J Christie, rate, subscribe, and more important than that, you know, it's May, it's not the right time of year, but please tune in later this week. As we talk about Mr. Monk and the man who shot Santa Claus. Ho, ho, holy shit! Let's get monkey.